Namaste and salutations to all those who have gone before us, showed us the way, the luminous masters, the Yog Yogeshwar, and in the present age, the Mother and Shurabindo, who have brought to the world a new yoga, what they called as the world transforming yoga, a yoga of world transformation. Sounds very ambitious, so it starts with an individual and the goal is ultimately to transform this world nature, this earth nature, so that this earthly life may become the life divine. Now let me um, put this across in the form of a little parable of the bird in the bush. A bird which lived in the mountain ranges of the Himalayas flew and wanted to experience the adventure of what are these different uh, realms, skies, earth. It has heard about the earth a little bit and it enters into that state of adventure. Moved by that adventure, moves far, far, far away from the home. And a time comes when it loses sight of where it has come from. The clouds have completely covered the summits and as it comes down, down, it sees the earth. And lo and behold, it falls into a bush. And that's where the story begins, or rather that's where the real adventure begins. While it's easy to fall in the bush, it doesn't know how to come out of it. So it cries, it prays, it remembers the home from where the bird has come, from the skies from where the bird has fallen. And then listening to its cry after a while, it sees another bird come down, look alike. But this bird is outside and it starts teaching this little bird inside ways and means with which it can come out of the bush. Difficulty after difficulty, this little bird imprisoned in the bush, trapped in the bush, surmounts and then it comes out. Now this bird wants to take her back to the mountain ranges and so it happens back and forth for some time for some more birds who have strayed they see there are plenty of them who have entered into a similar adventure and one by one they try to take out one bird after another. But the problem is the bushes are different. Some are very thick and hard shrubs and it's not easy to come out of them. Some are infested with dangerous creatures. Some are thorny. Some are nice bushes which provide a little bit larger room. Some are bushes which also have some flowers and occasionally a fruit seems to bloom on that. Many of the birds have given up the hope of ever coming out and they are happy to live making some space in that bush. But the bird is the bird and its home is not the bushes but the sky. So it remembers always. Sometimes it turns this remembrance into a ritual worship. It prays to unseen gods whom it has left behind. It tries to propitiate them, seeks help, yet the bush is the bush and a prison is a prison. So this goes on and different ways and techniques are found to pull these birds out of the bushes. And depending on the bush, nature of the bush, there is a path. But then, after a long, long time, the great swan, the king of birds, it descends 
and it says look here how many birds you are going to extricate they say we don't know there are so many of them trapped here so the swan says let's change the rules of the game what if we turn this bush this shrub this dangerous place thorny bushes into a beautiful garden wide spaced oh what kind of garden if it becomes a garden it will be even better than our himalayan ranges because himalayan ranges are free vast but there is no garden there so some of the birds think this is madness but some believe that yes this will be the wonderful thing and it will solve the problem permanently because no more bushes no more shrubs no more thorns and this whole place can become a beautiful garden so that they can freely move to the summits they can come back here and all will be beautiful blissful and wonderful so friends co travelers fellow seekers the bird in the bush is the soul in man and without this soul which is a portion of the divine remembers the sky from which it has fallen there would be no yoga yoga by its very word means union with the divine with the highest and it implies that there is something in us which is still connected however obscurely with that is a portion of that otherwise there if nothing corresponds there would be nothing that seeks freedom nothing that seeks vastness nothing that seeks union with the divine the sign that there is something in us like a soul seeking for something beyond the human state is that even when we don't know that we are trapped in the bush we are still looking for state of perfection for a state of freedom for vastness for unmixed bliss for pure truth for ideal love for the peace that one does not find anywhere not even in death for the wisdom that makes no errors so this is what is our seeking because in us there is something which corresponds to such a high state and when this seeking and the master swan which descends from the heights they meet together a path of yoga is born and we have numerous paths numerous ways some are known some are not so well known some are broad paths and we know their names the different yogas hatha yoga raj yoga kundalini yoga the trimarg of the gita gyan yoga bhakti yoga and many others yoga but there are also paths which we do not know because to man's efforts to come out there is always the help from above nevertheless this has been happening for a long time and as i said this is the yogas of the past it was necessary so that the bird can discover at least a state of freedom and vastness its wings which are stunned by the fall can once again grow wide wider because it has gone far away from those heights strong because it has faced the adventure the danger of the inane and therefore now the new yoga will be how to turn this bush the shrubs which are nothing else but the world nature so there is the bird which is the soul in us fallen from the great heights and there are these bushes and shrubs some are pleasant some are painful all a mixed bag which is earth nature 
So the new yoga now is not merely to liberate. Of course, that is required, first step. If I remain in the prison, I can't set others free. So first step will always be the same. How this bird should come out of this trap of the bush. It's not really a trap. There is a purpose. It has discovered the purpose is to change this into a beautiful garden house. So some of these birds, some of these souls which are freed from the clutch of earth nature are now engaged in a new project which we may call as the project of the future which is to turn this earth nature, this earth and earthlings and we human beings into a wonderful garden house of the divine. This is what is the yoga of transformation. So first liberation and then transformation. For liberation, we require purification. Without Shuddhi, there is no Mukti. So first Shuddhi, purification, because we are the, the thorns, the bushes, they are all rubbing all over our wings. We cannot expand. They are tied around our feet like chains. So we have to gently get rid of them. We can't do it harshly, suddenly. Because if we do so, we may break, the wings may break, the feathers may be harmed. So it's a process. Purification is the first step of any yoga. And in different yogas, there are different ways. In Patanjali Yoga Sutra, we have Yam and Niyam. In different yogas, different ways of doing it. But its essence is, no more to live for one's egoistic, selfish self. No more to live for one's desire, but live for something greater. A larger, a higher purpose. The divine to put it in one word, towards a greater perfection. If we do so, after a while, when, we, when nothing in this lower nature, earth nature attracts us anymore, then we are in a state of mukti, shuddhi, then mukti, liberation, freedom, vastness, infinity, eternity. We can soar at will. But the next step is transformation. For this too, there are two stages, shuddhi and mukti, and then there is siddhi, and bhukti. What is siddhi? Siddhi is that this bird which has escaped must develop itself fully. It must get all the knowledge access. It just cannot start tampering with the bushes unless it understands what this is. How we can transmute it? It must discover that magic potion to use a word which it can put into the very roots of the shrubs and bushes so that the magic or the dark spell can be reversed. And all of them which are now twisted can suddenly wake up to a greater light, can become beautiful, strong. The name of that magic potion which this liberated soul must harbor is divine love. It is divine love which is laboring in the heart of creation, in the depths of creation. That is the mother. And she is laboring so that these bushes, these shrubs can change into Something beautiful and divine. The shrubs and bushes themselves resist. They are habituated. I am this. We are this. Don't expect us to change. In fact, they are very happy that time to time some birds are trapped in it. They are happy with the littleness like us. Happy with our littleness, smallness. Yet this soul aspires for something more, something greater. And this divine love in response to this call works within us slowly to transmute this lit, this fallen earth nature into something beautiful and divine. A small little story 
from the Bhagavad Puran, which is a Purana dedicated to the life of Sri Krishna. It's a parable written by the Rishis, which is about the exploits of Sri Krishna, but it's a very deeply mystic literature. So the story is about that, uh, many stories are there, but just one of them, Sri Krishna is entering uh, into Mathura because he has a tryst with meeting with Kansa. So as he is entering, there is a very ugly woman, crooked, bent over. And she is very shy. She wants to see Krishna, but she thinks that I am so bad. I am so ugly. How can I go near him who is all beautiful, all wonderful? If I have to put it metaphysically, it is, Oh, I am such a sinner. How can I go before God? And Krishna spots him with the corner of his eyes. And with a mischievous smile, as is his nature, he makes a gesture and says, Hey, you there, can you come nearer? And she is shy, embarrassed, but Krishna is calling and she must come. doesn't matter who we are, what we are. When the divine calls, we have to just respond to the call. So this girl, this lady, this woman goes there, her name is Kubcha. Kubcha means bent over. And then all that Krishna does, he says nothing. He doesn't, obviously doesn't laugh, mock or scorn, ask any reasons, explanations, how she got this twisted form. She just touches her chin and simply says, Oh, beautiful one, wake up. Stand erect. What's preventing you from standing erect, oh beautiful one? And as the story goes, she changes into a beautiful maiden. This is transformation. It's not discarding something. Within what we know today as ugliness and evil, there is hidden the seed of beauty and goodness. We don't have to leave one zone and enter into another. That's the first necessity, of course. But not forever. We can... With the alchemist energy of divine love, transmute this base metal that we call today as earth nature with all its fears, suspicions, jealousies and hates and God knows what. (laughs) The list is endless. (laughs) Desires, endless desires, sting of ego, suffering, unconsciousness. All this can be transmuted by the touch of divine love. And the divine assurance and the divine promise. Wake up, O resplendent one, O beautiful one. This is not what you are. You are truly someone very beautiful. Because this nature too is nothing else but fallen. He is the robe of the divine who dwells on the heights. That robe has fallen here. And that robe has been covered with mud and mire. But still, it is the robe of the divine. A little cleansing and it will become that. So, here too, Siddhi is basically developing this nature into its divine possibilities. Siddhi, we can use the word perfection. So, Shubindo gives a new goal for yoga, not just liberation. Liberation is the first step. But perfection. Not human perfection, because human perfection, even at its best, is still imperfect. Even I can become a virtuous man, a good man, an ethical man, yet my wisdom is a shining ignorance. My power is always maimed at every step with weakness and failure. 
my faith is always clouded with doubt so it's not really perfection but yet human beings can become that moral and ethical but that's not what sri aurobindo is speaking about but the divine perfection the divine who is free and full of infinite possibilities infinite love infinite bliss infinite peace infinite wisdom infinite power and much more that nature human nature and earth nature can assume in the day it does this it will be able to enjoy this world as the divine enjoys this world that's what is bhukti so bhukti is to enjoy that's from where bhakti comes to take joy in the lord so first purification that is shuddhi then liberation that is mukti then siddhi it's a long journey of going from state of utter human imperfection and limitations to a state of reasonable human perfection but going beyond the human perfection beyond the ethical and moral perfection towards a greater and greater divine perfection and when this siddhi is established this world becomes a garden house of the divine then we have the bhukti this place will be a place of divine enjoyment divine bliss which is there at the root of things and that's what will become i'll close with a small little anecdote or again a little story we have all heard about the ras of shri krishna in vrindavan and there is a garden there it's called as nidhivan if you go there they say here is where shri krishna danced with the gopis but if you enter it's quite a shocking sight because there are shrubs all around and they're not very pleasant to sight i mean well people find it good it's well from the point of view that yes he has danced here but but you expect all beauty you you expect to hear capture some note of that flute something of that melody you expect to catch something of the anklet bells of the gopis but you don't see that and you come out a bit disheartened and disappointed the story goes that this humans cannot visit and experience that ras that's how the story is because if they go and they see it they will go mad but one day its memory is there in earth we want a perfect life collective perfect light and one day we will be ready and we'll be able to bear all the divine descent that pressure that wonder that glory in our very body and we'll not lose our heads but we'll lose our present so called sanity which is actually not just insanity but an absurdity because it pactizes with imperfection and limitations whereas we aspire for infinite truth infinite peace infinite bliss this grand fulfillment will be the ultimate consummation of the yoga that has been going on in earth since earth began earth is meant for manifesting the divine through yoga it has done it so far in various ways but now comes to write the last chapter to change this earth itself into a home of the wonderful and into some true replica and image of the heaven so that's about it and wish your conference uh, beautiful success all learning all knowledge all grace and mother's love be with everyone Thank you.